Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to Living Better in San Diego. I'm Vicki Pepper. Last month, the Federal Reserve made its latest interest hike announcement. What impact will that have on consumers? On the line to discuss is Michelle Ranieri, Vice President and Head of U.S. Research for TransUnion. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. So, Michelle, what does the recent Fed rate hike increase mean for the economy? Well, the recent Fed rate hike, they had been doing a 75 basis point hike for several months. And then this last month in December did a 50 basis point increase. And so what I think that means is that the Fed is starting to see some impact from previous rate hikes that they had and maybe start to to taper them down a little bit. What it means for consumers is that, first of all, most credit cards are variable rate. I don't know if people always know that, but most credit cards are. And so that means that as there are rate hikes by the Fed, it is likely that those get passed on to credit card holders. It might be different for different types of credit cards or might be different for different types of credit quality for consumers, like what their scores are. But that means that consumers should be one, they should really be looking at their email and their mail that comes from a credit card company because it might be a notice that they're going to be increasing their credit card interest rate. And that means that the balances that they carry after that time that they're increased will be at a higher rate and more expensive for them. The other thing is that everything that people buy, goods and services that you just normally buy, if you're buying them on credit, you're getting hit twice with this because first you have inflation that is everything costing a little bit more right now, and you're going to pay more for the credit that you're buying it with. Overall, how is the consumer credit market performing today and what's in store for 2023? Right now, the consumer credit market is experiencing kind of a mixed bag. Like the rest of the economy, there's a lot of mixed signals. But right now, we are seeing and expect to continue to see less origination, so less people getting new loans for credit cards, for personal loans, and for mortgages. On those same products, we expect delinquencies to continue to go up, meaning that people will have a hard time paying for those loans that are the credit card, the personal loan, and the mortgages. Now, conversely, And at the same time, auto loans are going to go in a different direction. We think that auto loans will start to increase originations towards the end of next year and that the delinquencies will stay flat and maybe go down a little bit. The real reason for auto being a little different 
from those other types of loans is that we expect that the supply chain and inventory will let up a little bit. So more availability of automobiles coming at the end of the year. And because it's been so hard for people to get new vehicles, that they're really going to value those and won't miss any payments on them. Now, the other relief that provides is that when consumers buy new vehicles, that means that they're selling their, their other vehicles probably. So there also will be an increase of availability of used vehicles in the market as a result of this. How is the consumer credit market different today than it was prior to and during the height of the pandemic? Oh, the height of the pandemic is it's very different. There were significant increases of those new originations of people getting new loans, everything except for auto loans during the pandemic because there was a flood of money in the system. So the federal government had stimulus that went out to businesses as well as to consumers. And so with that money, a lot of people paid off a lot of their bills and so some balances went down, but they also took out new credit, especially as we were starting to come out of the pandemic. And so during those pandemic years, The credit market just looked very different. There were also accommodations that consumers, if they were struggling to pay some of their bills that weren't being reported as being late. And so those few years of the pandemic are just very different than what we typically see in the credit market. And so what we actually have noticed is that if you continue a lot of the trend lines for credit cards and for personal loans from 2019, that they kind of get taken back up and continue their trajectory into 2023. And so it's kind of like we're skipping over those years and then getting back to, I'll, I'll call kind of normal. I'm speaking with Michelle Ranieri, Vice President and Head of U.S. Research for TransUnion. How is the persistent inflation affecting consumers and their borrowing? Persistent inflation is definitely impacting consumers because everything is getting more expensive. And when things get more expensive, sometimes people need a bridge in order to be able to afford them if their wages aren't keeping up with the expense. And so we're seeing balances of credit cards go up. Right now, balances for 2023 are expected to go up another 1.8% to $934 billion total. And that's on top of 2022 already seeing a good growth of 17%. And so consumers will use cards in particular as kind of a short-term bridge in case their situation changes soon and they're able to pay these off. Now, what we also see is that as those go and interest rates are on a lot of credit cards, is that consumer turn to consolidation of their debt. So they will look for first, probably, home equity lines and loans if they have a mortgage and they have equity in those homes. They can get a cheaper loan, consolidate their debt, and pay their credit cards off with the money that they peel off from their home. The other thing that consumers do if they don't have a home or they don't have equity in that home is to look for a personal loan and get a personal loan for an amount that's able to pay off those credit cards also. And that can be a smart way to consolidate those loans, decrease the interest that you're paying for the debt that you have. If during this time of inflation, people need something to, again, kind of bridge through it. 
Now, the other thing that's interesting with wages and looking at wages, our model is estimating that there might be a a 1% increase of wages, which isn't really keeping up with inflation right now, but that we did a consumer pulse survey of directly to consumers and found that 52% of consumers surveyed said that in the next 12 months, they felt an optimism about their financial situation. And when we dove into that deeper, the younger generations, Generation Z and the millennials, said that 66% of them, two-thirds of them, were optimistic. So that optimism far outpacing the entire population. And we think that that's partly because when people are just starting off their careers, they get more frequent increases in their pay, particularly with promotions, or if they change jobs, they usually get a pretty good bump in their pay. And that that's different than people who are more established in their careers. And so these younger generations might actually be keeping on pace or even outpacing the wages that they're getting and changes in the next year compared to what inflation is now and going to be. What are some of the reasons why more loans are being offered by lenders today? Well, there's more loans being offered today because people are needing them. And that's definitely what we saw in 2022. Bank card originations and personal loans had a pretty good spike in 2021 and 2022. And so in 2023, we're going to see a little bit of a pullback in those originations and those new loans. But part of that isn't just the demand. I think that consumers will still be looking for credit. It's that lenders will get really honed in and specific in their market. And so if someone is a prime lender and credit card, they're really going to focus on that prime lending. And they're going to not dabble in other areas if they had expanded into subprime or they had expanded into personal loans that now they probably will maybe retreat in those areas and really get focused on their buy box of of prime and credit card. Same thing with subprime, same thing with personal loans. That means that loans will still be available to people, but they might need to do a little bit more shopping than they had to do in the last couple of years because lenders are getting so specialized instead of being generalists in lending market. Along those lines, how have consumer credit preferences changed during the pandemic? Are they now favoring one loan over another? I don't know if they're favoring one. I think that in times of of stress, of economic stress for consumers, they choose the right tool for their situation. So if there is a shorter term need or a smaller dollar need that they have, still use credit cards. And so they're convenient. They're a good utility to use for everything. And so if things are more expensive, then you probably will use a credit card on your day-to-day purchases. But if you're looking for something that is a lot bigger, you're looking for something to improve your home and make remodel, uh, do remodeling, that a home equity loan is a good choice. Now, there used to be probably last year, more likely that people would do a refinance and refinance the entire house. So if they had a $350,000 house kind of average and they had $100,000 of equity in it, if they could refinance the entire thing and have a little 
less of an interest rate, that could mean a big amount of money that they would not have to pay back. It'd be less expensive and their payments might be less expensive. So they'd refinance the entire 350 to get that 100000 Today, because interest rates are higher, they will peel off a piece of that 100000 and see if they can get by with 50000 of that equity. And the interest rate will still be higher, but it wouldn't be as high as, say, a credit card. And to have a $50,000 balance on a credit card is a lot. And so um, I think that that's one of the ways that consumers use the right tool in credit to get to the credit that they need in their lives at that time. The other thing would be personal loans. If you need a, a personal loan, might not be something with your house. Instead of it being $50,000, it might be more like ten dollars or $20,000. And for personal loans, the great thing is that it's just pretty much frictionless. You can go on your phone and do the entire transaction, and it's much easier than doing a home equity line or loan. And you can get your money deposited into your account in a really short time. And so the preference, I think, for consumers is aligned with what their needs are. And I think that they, after the Great Recession, even that in the past 10 years, there's been so much education on credit and so much availability of information about credit that consumers know enough about it that they can choose the right tool now to meet their needs. What are some of the findings that surprised you? The biggest surprise to me was that consumers were optimistic. 50% over half of consumers were optimistic about next year's finances and that 56% of the younger generation was optimistic about next year. However, in that same survey, 82% of consumers said that they thought we would be in a recession in 2023. And so I think that means that consumers can simultaneously feel like that we can have a recession and have something that is an an economic downturn that is official, because there's been a lot of concerns about the economy in, in 2022, too. But they can have that named, and at the same time that a lot of people still don't think that they're going to experience that kind of hardship. So I think that's interesting. And I think that that means that some people, a lot of people feel like they are probably more ready and financially stable to weather uh, this year. I'm speaking with Michelle Ranieri, Vice President and Head of U.S. Research for TransUnion. What can consumers do to hedge against inflation and improve their credit picture? The best thing that people can do is to use a budget. And I know that sounds daunting because it feels like you have to take out Excel or get get an app or something in order to figure out your budget, but you don't. People can, can just think about how much that they usually have left over every month. I think everybody kind of knows what that number is or knows how much they can go over. If they're doing something special that month or they have an emergency that month, they know what that buffer is. So think about how much that buffer is and set how much you're going to spend each month and not go over it. And particularly for months, I think that's where people get into a little bit more trouble is when they overspend. It might be hard after being past where people got stimulus money and got used to spending a little bit extra. And the reason that that's important with your credit is that the number one thing that takes points off of your credit scores is not paying your bills on time. So missing a bill or honestly even paying a bill partially and not paying the entire bill on time, that counts the same as not paying the bill. So it's 
super important for people to have enough money and to know that they can pay their bills on time and then not to max out their credit. So there's maxing out your credit by 30%. It's called utilization using 30% of the credit that you've got. Just going over that 30% will peel a few points off of your credit depending on what your credit score looks like right now. But if you go over your credit card limit, that takes a lot of points off. So if it looks like that you blasted through the limit that you had on your credit card and more than maxed it out, that's really bad for your score too. So those are the two major things that people can do to get their score to be better. And I think it all is really based on having some sort of a budget that is realistic for you that you know that you can continue to pay everything on time. So when is it wise and when is it unwise to charge everyday expenses to your credit cards? There's a lot of people who give their thoughts on this, and some of it is really hard for people. So I come from a place that I try to keep it where people can really do it. So you can say, don't use credit and always pay everything off all the time. And that's that is great. Like if you can pay off your bills every month or your credit card bills and only use credit for bigger purchases, particularly for an automobile or for your house, then, you know, that would be great for your credit score and that would leave you open to be able to get new credit easily. But let's face it, not everybody has that situation and is able to do that. And so probably for most people, that means Figuring out what you can afford month to month and what you're comfortable paying off in a length of time. So if you don't like to have a lot of credit hanging over your head, then maybe you set yourself a goal of paying it off so that every three months or so you've got credit cards paid off and you know that you can really manage that debt. If um, you're not in a financial situation like that, or if you're not in a mindset like that, quite honestly, then as long as you understand, I think, what you're paying for for your credit, and you're making that conscious and deliberate decision that you're going to carry some balances and that you're going to pay for that debt and that that's okay with you because you can afford it and you're not missing any payments, then I think that's okay for people. But I think probably being informed and knowing what you're paying for is pretty important. That way you're making the decision of carrying that debt and paying for it instead of having it get out of hand. I think that's the difference. How did interest rates affect holiday spending? We're still getting numbers for holiday spending, but I think that interest rates, hearing about it all the time for consumers, in addition to inflation, probably impacted some people as they realized that Everything was going to cost a little bit more, that the credit on top of it was going to cost more, and that they were going to need to figure out how they were going to repay that responsibly and what they felt comfortable with. And so we'll have to see how the retail sales actually panned out for this holiday. But I think that that the Fed increasing the the rate over several months and then still in, in December, even though it was only 50 basis points, that people probably noticed and maybe made some adjustments to what they were spending and how much they were spending 
and stuck to that a little bit more because it was so prominent in the media. How does access to credit differ among different socioeconomic groups? Yeah, so most of the the only ways that we look at socioeconomic on the credit file is generation. And so we don't look at anything that has other demographics on it. And the credit score that lenders use, none of those use any of that also. They won't even use age or generation in it. And so sometimes there are some parallels to credit score or to access to credit, but those are not factors in the score. We do see that some of the younger generations are just now starting to use credit. So for instance, Gen Z, we saw that they've had some increases over the last year or two in credit card and personal loan adoption. And that's because every day there's a few more people who are becoming 18 years old and eligible for credit. And so it's kind of like we're making more Gen Zs for eligible for credit every single day. And so we do see that, that they're increasing their usage and the originations, the new cards and loans that they get. And conversely, on the other side of that spectrum, we do see that older people have less use for credit and then it starts to kind of wane off as you get to particularly the silent generation and the beginnings of the baby boomers right now. I've been speaking with Michelle Ranieri, Vice President and Head of U.S. Research for TransUnion. Any last thoughts for us? Yeah, I think it's always important for people to take a look at their credit report. TransUnion has made it really easy for people to understand their credit report. You don't have to be a mortgage broker anymore to understand it. (laughs) You used to look at it and and it was difficult to read. But now I think it makes it a whole lot easier so that you can wrap your head around what your credit looks like, how you use credit. It can give you some ideas of how you've been using it if you hadn't thought of it from that perspective before. And since the pandemic, We have free credit reports available weekly to everybody through 2023. And so go out there and take a look at it. See what you think about it. And if there's anything that's inaccurate, let us know. If you have questions, there's tons of information on transunion.com. And it's good for people to get their head wrapped around it. I think that that's just a great resource. And in that way, if you want to make a modification to the way you're using credit, You can, and you're informed. Thank you so much for talking with us today, and here's to responsible spending. Great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.